Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more, right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and now, as of this past week, on Spotify as well. Be sure to give us a like and follow us. We really appreciate it. It helps out with the show. And be sure to check out our merchandise store as well. Paul and I are going to be here all season and all off-season breaking down the very best and the very worst here of the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins dropped their second straight preseason game 27-20 to to the Carolina Panthers. Final score really not important, but what happened in the game certainly is as these roster spots come down to the wire. The big play of the game, Paul, Christian McCaffrey, 71-yard run right up the middle just a few minutes into the game. Raekwon McMillan and Jerome Baker looked pretty rough on that play, as well as the interior of the defensive line. It's starting to really become a common theme. Is this something that we should be worried about at this point? I'll be honest with you. Rake looked pretty tough on two of the touchdowns there. There was also a pass completed where he failed to pick up the coverage. But I, I do have to share a really funny story quick as well. I didn't watch the game till Saturday morning. I sat down, put it on, and, and as soon as they got to uh, the, the Christian McCaffrey run, as soon as he broke past the defense, not only was I upset, but but – my my eight month old puppy Josie Luke was watching the screen with me and just looked down and threw her breakfast up all over the carpet. I couldn't be mad. I couldn't because I I felt exactly the same way. No, it, it's I'm not worried about Jerome Baker at this point. He's well ahead of where he should be. I'm not freaking out about Raekwon McMillan, but I'll be honest with you. Watching this game, watching last game. Rake needs a little bit of seasoning. Uh, he needs to get stronger. That's the biggest thing. The good thing is getting stronger is a thing that they can work on. Chase Allen has outplayed him thus far. Chase Allen right now, when they go into game three this coming week, I fully expect that Chase Allen should be listed as a starter. If he is not and Rake struggles early, I'd like to see Chase go in and, and, and take over that role at middle linebacker for Rake McMillan and see him with the starters as part of the game plan. Because right now, the way the wide nine scheme is designed, the way that the run, the linebackers are almost solely responsible for the running game, we need strong play from that spot, and we're not getting it right now. 
I'll even go one step further. I think Chase Allen might be the best linebacker on this team right now. I mean, he and Jerome Baker, I look at and think, okay, I think there's a way to go with them. There, there are skills that really step out. You know, Raekwon McMillan, hey, look, and Rake needs to get stronger. And I also think he's not quite as fast as a lot of people gave him credit for. Our, our people thought he was a lot faster than what he is. He was definitely responsible for two of those touchdowns. But I'll give him a little bit of credit, too. On, on the drive after that touchdown, he made two really good plays on Christian McCaffrey, one for a two-yard loss and one for no game and gain in the pass game there. That's more than I can say for Kiko Alonso at the linebacker spot. So at least we've got that going right there. But, yeah, this linebacker position needs to figure itself out. Chase Allen looks like he knows what he's doing out there, and I think it's time we start looking at this guy as more than just a special teamer. I couldn't agree more. And I do have to give a little bit of credit because I know we were pretty hard on this other guy all off season. Kiko does not look as lost right now as he did all of last year. I mean, he's still not the best in coverage out of that outside linebacker spot, but he does look a little bit more like the Kiko we saw playing in the middle uh, a couple of years ago. So hopefully if Miami can throw together Jerome Baker, Chase Allen, and, and Kiko out there for this year while Rake gets a little stronger, gets a little bit of seasoning, next year – They've got the potential with these three young guys to kick Rake to the outside. Rake is fully capable of playing outside linebacker. And then they've got a little bit of speed on the edge with Chase Allen in the middle. They're not as salary tied. And I think it might be the way to go here. And it's not all bad news on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Robert Quinn just fires off the edge. Maybe it is against Matt Khalil, and Matt Khalil's a pretty garbage left tackle, but I still saw what I saw out of Robert Quinn. He has the bendiness. It's very clear looking at him that you're seeing something a little bit different than what than what the Dolphins had with Andre Branch last year. He looks very comfortable, very confident, and I mean, if if he can show that bendiness on the outside, man, you've got a heck of a defensive end combination and great defensive end depth, really down to Charles Harris and Andre Branch and William Mays. The other thing I want to point out as well that I really liked in this game was the play from the safety position. I know we've been talking about Mo Smith and predicting that he's going to be on the 53 all offseason. I think he cemented his spot this week. I would almost love given what we're talking about with the linebackers. I know we talked a lot about moving uh, TJ McDonald up in the box a bit. I know there's been talk about kicking Minka into the nickel. So they might be able to create a look if they're, if Matt Burke can get creative where you see TJ McDonald, Minka Fitzpatrick and Mo Smith on the field all at the same time with, with TJ up in the box, Mo Smith at, at safety and, and Minka at the nickel spot. I mean, I, I don't think that's a bad defensive look at all, and I think that's making the most of the personnel this team has. Yeah, you bet. And two players I look at as as ones that I said. I mean, I said last week, Vincent Taylor, I thought really earned a roster spot with that game and with his practice throughout the week. I thought Mo Mo made the team this week in this game, as well as Cameron Malvo too. I mean, I, I just don't see. I don't see how you cut either of those players. I mean, they're reasonably good athletes. They were on the team last year when they got their chances to shine. They did very well. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think you've got two players who are going to make the roster there. 
Uh, so, but definitely not, again, not all good news on the defensive side of the ball. What the hell is wrong with Cordrea Tankersley? I don't know. It's, every time I thought it couldn't possibly get any worse with this guy, there he was playing against the fourth, fifth string receiving core of a not very strong receiving core. And, you know, when I finally was like, okay, he can't play any worse than he is right now, he proved me wrong. Um, whether it was missing tackles, blowing assignments, you know, allowing passes to complete be completed that shouldn't have been, receivers to run free. I mean, I would almost have been more happy if after the game, Cordrea Tank usually stepped up to the podium and said, I apologize. I showed up to this game drunk off my ass, and I, I, I'm going to go get some help. And you won't see that from, again out of me because that's how he played. He played like a drunken fool out there, and he's going to make this roster. He's got the upside, but he moved out of a lock for me from this week and moved down to a, a bubble make. So he's going to be one of those players that's in the bottom quarter of the roster at this point based on how terribly he played against the fours and fives. I still think we're a year away from that, and, and I hope the Dolphins – stick with whatever Tankersley is going through right now because number one I think Tankersley is going to be the Dolphins third cornerback and Bobby McCain is going to be their number two and then when they give those three cornerback looks then Tankersley or McTire is going to be on the outside and McCain's going to kick on the inside I, I think there's too much to work with physically I mean six foot tall 200 pounds runs a 4-4 and most importantly when he got his shot last year I thought he played well I mean this but this isn't looking good right now, and this has been the same talk that's come out of camp. And this game was pretty bad. I mean, you look at that drive in the third quarter against, you know, with Garrett Gilbert, a quarterback, somebody who may not even make the roster, and he went up against Curtis Samuel, who, yeah, he was an early second-round pick last year out of Ohio State, so a pretty talented player. But, you know, Samuel got an easy 25-yard catch. Then a couple plays later, you have a pass interference call that wasn't called. It was a, it definitely should have been. And then the next play, you have another long pass there too. But most importantly, you saw the Panthers quarterback, when he dropped back, was looking right at Tankersley each time. And when you get down into the third, fourth quarter preseason games and you're targeting him, doesn't speak too well of a player that you're expecting to be a very good one in your starting defensive back unit. So look for Bobby McCain to win that spot there at, at the cornerback spot. Paul, what else stuck out for you in this game? One player that I think redeemed himself a little bit this week was Davin Gotchow. He he definitely played a lot better from, from that defensive tackle spot getting upfield. I know he was one that we spent some time last episode discussing the fact that he didn't stand out in that first game. He looked a little bit lost. He got pancaked a couple of times. So he did a really good job getting that push-up field. Uh, he stopped that two-point conversion early on. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill, yeah, he didn't get the Dolphins in the end zone. They had some drives stalled because of penalties. Okay, whoop-de-doo. He looked good. He looked sharp. He looked decisive out there. He showed everything you want to see in a preseason game. So it's it's, you know, for the folks that want to put the fact that Miami lost and Tannehill started on him, et cetera, Look, what you need to bring out of this preseason game and any preseason game like it is, yeah, if Miami gets in a position where 
their fourth, fifth, sixth string guys that aren't even making the team, possibly even the practice squad, are out there without a game plan and lose, we're in trouble, but we're in trouble anyway if we get down to the point that we're calling these guys back. So take that with a grain of salt. Tannehill had a great start yet again. The fact that he hasn't played football really in about a year and a half, other than a little bit of training camp last year, and the fact that he's this sharp is very promising at this point. Yeah, I loved how Tannehill played. I mean, he was 14 for 17 for 100 yards, but in that he had two drops by Albert Wilson and also one catch that was called back in a penalty. So if if I told you that Ryan Tannehill was going to go 17 for 18 for 120 yards and a half, you would probably take that every single time. You know, I, I, I don't think anybody would dispute that. And when you look at the drive when Xavier Howard made the interception, brought it all the way back to the Panthers nine, which, by the way, Howard had a fantastic game. Glad to have seen that. But when Howard had that interception, brought it all the way back to the nine, two plays later, the Dolphins had the ball, which should have been third and goal at the one, but it was called back on a penalty by Laramie Tunzel. Now it brings the Dolphins back to the 16. They end up kicking a field goal on that drive. So a lot of reasons that the Dolphins didn't do that. I am fine with Ryan Tannehill taking the underneath stuff all day long, as long as when those defensive backs move up, Tannehill is able to go over the top with those speedy receivers. Yeah, he'll be able to do that. Miami's got too much speed on the outside to to not have that be the case. I mean, there, there's a few little mental mistakes to clean up. It's preseason. You know, we're not going three and out here. So, you know, let's all take a deep breath and take the good out of the preseason games and not worry too much about the stuff that's typical of every preseason game in the history of ever. You bet. And one last observation. I think Stefan Anthony has looked like complete and utter garbage here this preseason. So he's somebody I'm really disappointed in. I thought with a year under the system, former former first-round pick, he would start playing well. I still do think Anthony makes the team. So, Paul, let's go through our, our 53-man roster, and we're going to whip through this pretty quickly here. So David Fales had a bad night at quarterback. Uh, do you still see him as the backup uh, to Ryan Tannehill? I do. It's If you just look at the stat sheet, you're going to think Brock Osweiler had a better game. Fails had a tough game, but it wasn't as bad as the stat sheet showed, and Osweiler's wasn't as good as the stat sheet showed. I still think Fails was a backup job. I think there's tremendous upside there, and I think he showed a lot more poise, even though he didn't deliver in this one, than we saw to Osweiler all game. That's a romantic way to sum up one for six for six yards and a touchdown Paul, but I'm going to let that one go. Uh, running back. I'm going to stick with you. David fails. I have making the roster as the backup. We're in agreement there running back. Uh, we've had a uh, Drake Gore, Balazs and Sonoris Perry. Are we sticking with that too? I am, but I'm going to add a caveat here. Uh, I think Perry didn't play as well as last week. And I thought Howard looked pretty tremendous in his limited opportunities this week. So Howard could potentially replace Perry, but I still have Perry on the roster. I'm going to stay with Perry on the roster too, so we're in agreement on on running back and and quarterback. Wide receiver, Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Danny Amendola, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant. And you've always had Isaiah Ford. I haven't, but I'm going to put Isaiah Ford on the, on the roster this week because – First of all, he probably would have been my 54th guy on the roster if the Dolphins could keep 54 players. 
So it's not too much of a stretch. Also, Devontae Parker broke his, of all fingers, middle finger and is kind of iffy for that week one. So I think Ford ends up making the team here. Are you sticking with Ford on the roster as well, Paul? I am, and I would love to see a scenario where Miami makes a move involving Parker and manages to possibly keep even Owusu as well. But for right now, it's the five obvious choices, including Parker and and Isaiah Ford still for me. Yeah, and that's interesting you say that too, because this is why I had a little bit of a problem with the Dolphins having so many wide receivers, is that now you've cut off any opportunity for an Owusu really to make it. So I hope perhaps that they can store him on the practice squad too. At the tight end spot, we had a disagreement last week. Uh, Gaiseki and Durham Smythe obviously make it. Thomas Duarte, you had on the roster last week over Marquise Gray. Are you sticking with that? I am, but I'm actually really impressed by the young play of, or by the play of all the young tight ends that Miami's got, including AJ Derby, et cetera. They looked really good in this game in a lot of ways, even if it didn't pop out at you on the stat sheet. So I'm sticking with Duarte right now. Uh, some of it's salary consideration. Some of it's the upside and progress we've seen out of him. We know what we get with Gray, and I like Gray. But it's it's if Duarte continues to develop, he will exceed Gray. And being the third tight end, you want the upside. Yeah, I'm very pleased with what I've seen with Duarte as a blocker because when he came out, he was basically a wide receiver. I mean, he was 225 pounds. He's gained weight. Looks like he gets it more. Wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins kept four tight ends and only five receivers with Duarte being that fourth guy. I would be, I'll still maintain I'll be shocked if Marquise Gray is cut. I think that'd be a big surprise, but not as big of a surprise as the one I have later. On the offensive line, You've obviously got your six that we've talked about, Tunzel, Sitton, Kilgore, Davis, and Juwan James, as well as Ted Larson as that swing guy. We've gone back and forth on a few players. Jake Brendel, who we've both been very high on, hasn't played so far. It doesn't look like he's going to get back on the field this week. Could be headed to the PUP list. The the Dolphins are going to have to make a decision with him in the last week to see if he can make that 53-man roster. Me personally, I'm going to put Jake Brendel on PUP. So I, I'll, I'll have the Dolphins with eight offensive linemen, with the final two being Sam Young as the swing offensive tackle, as well as Eric Smith, the big hulking right tackle, who I do still feel has some upside. Paul, you've always had Sam Young off the team. You've actually had Steinmetz making the roster. So how do you see the rest of this position breaking down after the first six? Well, I've, I've had Smith on the team as well, and, and I still do. Oh, you have, you're um, right. For me, and, and Brendel, I've got him going PUP as well. And in place of Brendel, my only change at, on the offensive line is, yeah, I've still got Steinmetz as a maybe. He could be one of the last to be cut as well. But for right now, I've got him as a maybe. I actually had Isaac Asiata make his way onto this roster this week. Uh, I think he's shown a lot of promise and heart and drive out there. And I know I keep saying this every week. I love Sam Young. He is a great person. We've had him on the show. Good dude. He's done a lot for this team. He seems to just keep losing weight and losing blocking ability. He's a liability out there at this point. And I don't want to see a scenario where he gets in at left tackle. So I could be wrong here. But for me, he's a sad cut is what we're going to go with. Asiata is a player I've – 
really wanted to see take that next step up. I just haven't seen it out of him. And this past game, when you get in for a quarter and a half and you commit two penalties, one that negates a long run by Sonoris Perry, not a good situation with Asiata right now. But he did play pretty well in the first game. So he, I don't think there's a player that's more on that borderline heading into week heading into that third game against Baltimore than Isaac Asiata. Defensive line, uh, we've got really nine locks. Wake, Quinn, Gotcha, Spence, Branch, Hayes, Phillips, Harris, Vincent Taylor. Do you still have uh, Cameron Malvo as your 10th guy? I do have Malvo making the team here. It, it's I just love all the upside I see out of him. And with Cam Wake getting a little bit long in the tooth, who knows how many more years he's going to play. I'd love to see Malvo stick on this roster and continue to develop especially given the fact that Andre Branch probably won't be here beyond his current contract. I have Malvo making the roster as the 10th defensive lineman. I am also going to put an 11th one on there, and that is Jonathan Woodard, who I think was on the practice squad last year. He's a former seventh-round pick out of Central Arkansas. Six foot six, 270 pounds, runs under a five-flat, Good athlete, and I think he made the best use out of his time in the practice squad last year. Because keep in mind, next year, you've got Cameron Wake a year older. Robert Quinn is only really on a one-year contract. Andre Branch is going to be out the door. So you're going to have to replenish that defensive end rotation in one way or another next year, depending on who's here. I've got Woodard staying there. I would understand if they don't keep 11 defensive linemen. I hope they do for the talent that this guy brings. At linebacker, Paul, uh, you've been saying all offseason five linebackers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you this week. Kiko Alonso, Raekwon McMillan, Jerome Baker, Chase Allen, Stephon Anthony. Is there anybody else you see creeping into that mix? No, that's exactly where I'm at. Even if Stephon Anthony looked like hot garbage, it's still a situation where I think he's going to be on the team this year. But I don't think, unless he shows some excellent development, uh, that he's going to be active on very many game days going throughout the season, unless there's an injury. Same here. At defensive back, again, we've got a lot here. And, you know, we've always gone back and forth, but somewhere between between 10 and 12. And, you know, we've got Xavier Howard, Minka, Rashad Jones, Cordrea Tankersley, Bobby McCain, TJ McDonald, Walt Aikens, Corey McTire. And then after those first eight, then, you know, we've we've moved around a few players. So I'll just – just to ask you, and you can just say yes or no, whether or not you have him on the 53. Maurice Smith. Completely. Me too. And uh, excuse me, I, I think I mentioned Corey McTire, or excuse me, uh, Tory Tory McTire there. Excuse me. I, I keep mispronouncing his name. I, I, his dad was named Tim McTire for the Dolphins. And I get that confused. And never, I, you know, I just, I, I just keep fucking it up. Anyway, <laughs> going back to it, uh, Maurice Smith is a yes. He's a yes for me too. Jalen Davis. Yes. Me too. He's a yes for me as well. Cornell Armstrong. Sadly, no. I've got Armstrong making the roster as the final guy, and here's why. My surprise cut is actually going to be Tony Lippett. When you look at Lippett and the situation that he's in now, he missed his second straight preseason game. He was expected to compete for the number two cornerback spot this year opposite Xavier Howard. He's on the final year of his contract. I don't see a place that this guy can be because he can't play in the slot. He's lost a step. And 
all of the work, everything I've heard out of camp is this does not look like the same player. And he is not, uh, Tony Lippett is not somebody that should have, he's not somebody that could have, could have afforded to lose a step anyway. And I don't see him playing special teams. I don't see him in the slot. He's a free agent after the year. I think the Dolphins opt to go with Jalen Davis and Cornell Armstrong over Tony Lippett. It's a possibility, but I I need to see him in game action. I think there's a possibility he could get stashed on PUP like we talked about with Brendel. So we'll see how it shakes out. If he does go to PUP, at that point I've got Cornell Armstrong making it, but his roster spot's tenuous because he's in that 49th to 53rd man on the roster, which we all know that bottom end of the roster churn, he could be in a little bit of trouble there along with Stephon Anthony. You bet. And yeah, Cornell Armstrong, it doesn't look like he's made, he's done enough on the field or in practice to make the roster. I still go back to when you're drafted in the sixth round, I think the team is going to have a little bit more patience with you than they would for another player. I mean, just look a couple of years later here, Jordan Lucas is still on the team. And it would not surprise me if Jordan Lucas ends up making the roster as that fifth or sixth defensive back as well. Paul, uh, Kicker, punter, long snapper, great game from Jason Sanders and Greg Joseph here. Uh, I still have Sanders, Hawk, and John Denny making the roster. I'm right there with you on it. It, it's, it was nice to see these young kickers step up, but I think they need to continue to do so to get over the fact that a lot of fans are, and quite possibly the coaching staff are a little worried about the yips with these guys based on how they performed up until this point. So hopefully we see them continue to show that strong showing and make the decision difficult in a good way, not the terrible way we were looking at it after game one. I agree with you. And that will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins 53-man roster, as well as our recap of the Dolphins 27-20 loss to the Carolina Panthers. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and now Spotify. Be sure to go on and uh, give us a like. And uh, provide us some feedback as well. We'd really appreciate it. And you can visit the On the Finside store and take a look at some really great merchandise. We've got coffee cups. We've got T-shirts. We're going to start having some give giveaways here throughout the rest of the season, too. Paul and I will be here all season and all off season. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side, left side or the right, right side. side, and it must be the fifth left. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.